Hi, I'm Dino Tripodis. Will a top chef in Columbus become a top chef on television? Will he make it to the top? Have I said top too many times? Yeah. Come see what's cooking tonight on Whiskey Business. and welcome to Whiskey Business, the podcast is not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Uh, I hope that uh, tonight's installment finds you all uh, healthy and prosperous and and uh, maybe some of you are vaccinated, maybe some of you are not, maybe some of you choose not to get vaccinated. I don't care. My point is, people, that uh, from where we were a year ago, everything seems a little lighter, a little brighter, a little more optimistic and promising as we move forward uh, in this pandemic time of ours here in America. Um, yeah, way different than a year ago. But um, a lot of a lot of stuff has happened in, in the past year when you when you speak about things domestically speaking right here in the house. A lot of us, a lot of us have started to rediscover the joy of cooking and baking and eating. And uh, I, I would be one of them. I put on the uh, what they call the jokingly the the COVID-19. Yes. And then some, but a, a lot of people have have discovered that you know that they had time to, to cook and bake, and some people discovered uh, uh, un, unspoken skills that they they weren't aware of. Uh, I, I was not one of them, though. I did start to cook a little bit. <laughs> I did. I did start to cook more. And when I was in Florida cooking for my mother uh, in the midst of the pandemic, I got reacquainted with making things from scratch again. I made a beautiful. Um, uh, a red sauce from scratch one one day, just you know, getting everything together. Um, I'm not a baker, and there are still some mysteries about about cooking and preparing food that uh, I'll ask tonight. It's a rhetorical question. I really don't expect an answer, but why is it? Why is it, people, that when someone else makes a sandwich for you? That sandwich tastes better than a sandwich you might have made for yourself. Why is a why is a distantly prepared sandwich so much better? I don't know. I don't question it. But my daughter, who's moved in with me since the pandemic, makes me a sandwich just about every day or every other day. And I open up the refrigerator and I see it, and damn it all, that's not the best sandwich ever. I don't need the mystery solved. Mm -mm. I'll leave it be. I'll just enjoy it. Uh, why so many cooking references? Why so many baking <laughs> references this evening? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Top Chef Portland is getting ready to debut uh, its 18th season. And our guest tonight, Avishar Barua, is in the mix in Top Chef from right here in Columbus, Ohio, from one of our favorite distilleries, Middle West. Uh, distillery, which, uh, by the way, is our guest bottle for this evening. I'll tell you more about this after I bring in the boys to do a little business. Can't yeah. Hey, hey, hey. John Whitney and Greg Hansberry on the video and audio sides. Welcome, gentlemen. We are getting so close to being back together face-to-face -face with our guests yes. and each other. So uh, I, mean, I got one more shot. One more shot. 
one more shot? I got one oh, more shot, man. You better get one more shot. I got you one said more shot. Shot on Whiskey Business. I was thinking the Eminem song. I got one shot, <laughs> kids. <laughs> a little more specific. Quickly, Hansberry, look at me. I'm remembering this time. The business before I get the to the business. The whiskey the business. business. Uh, thanks for uh, finding us here. Uh, you can find everything Whiskey Business at whiskeybusinesspod.com. And if you uh, are listening to this uh, podcast on your favorite podcasting app, thank you very much. Uh, uh, go ahead and please subscribe, rate, and share with all your knucklehead friends uh, while you're at it. Uh, and if you're listening to this and you think to yourself, you know what? I really want to watch this nonsense. Not only uh, do I enjoy hearing them, but I want to see what they look like. Well, go ahead and join us on uh, YouTube, Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Click on that subscribe and the notification button. And uh, all these videos, unedited videos, uh, will go up uh, there, and you'll be notified when, when we uh, do that after you subscribe. And the thing about it, sometimes people think that when we say subscribe, it costs money. It, it, it's free. It don't cost nothing. All right? So go ahead, subscribe uh, on your favorite podcasting app. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, HBO Max. I think yeah. we're it's it's a uh, Godzilla uh, uh, and King Kong uh, yeah. and, and we in whiskey business. We're the business, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we're yeah. the double feature. That's yeah. not true. That's not true at all. <laughs> but everything else he said prior to that is our guest model tonight. It would be almost inappropriate if we did not feature uh, something from Middle West Spirits. We've had their uh, their straight bourbon, their weeded bourbon. We've had their rye on the program. Um, but I believe that we only got a taste of the Michelone Reserve when we did our podcast down there at the actual distillery. I don't even know if this was out yet at that particular time, but uh, it's been out there since. And so we feature the straight uh, weeded bourbon whiskey, the Michelone Reserve, which is absolutely D, D whiskey-licious. Um, a nice little blend of corn, wheat, and dark pumpernickel rye. Yeah, the pumpernickel is where it's at. Um, yeah. You want to talk about cooking and, and, and baking and so forth and so on, you're going to get all type of wonderful baking spices in this mix. Uh, for me, there was some vanilla and a hint of caramel. It was nutty. It's flavorful. It is a, 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 delicious, a delicious bottle to get and pick up just about mm. anywhere. You pick up your local spirits here in uh, oh yeah, straight. and anywhere else that it might be, and it's uh, well, I think this one retailed for about thirty-seven bucks. Yeah, pretty pretty decent. So yep. uh, the thirty-seven dollars very mm -hmm. much well spent. Our one hundred and fifty-ninth bottle on the podcast as we try and have successfully had a different bottle on every podcast we've ever had. That's that's my claim to fame. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's so few claims to fame anymore. And yeah. So that's where get the rest on. Whatever yeah. gets you out of bed. Whatever right. gets you out of bed. Let's get to it, shall we? Our guest for tonight um, is working as we speak and took time out to actually join us. Uh, Top Chef Portland debuts April 1st on April Fool's Day, but they're not fooling, man. This is, uh, this is another great, great, great season. I believe the 18th season. The winner will get $250,000 life-changing money for doing something that you love to do. So let's say good evening and a happy whiskey business to Avishar Barua. Hey, man. Hey, well, how are you? Congratulations, hey. first of all, on, on, on being on the show. Uh, 
Top Chef, of course. Not, not whiskey business. Yeah, We're yeah. sorry you have to be on yeah. whiskey business. He's slumming now. That's our pleasure. That's our, our good fortune. But to be on Top Chef, let's wow, that's huge. That it's is huge. So uh, right right out of the gate, I I, I gotta know. Um, I mean, is this something that you sought out, or did they seek you out? How does that? How does that? How does one who cooks even begin to aspire to try to be on a show like that? You might not believe me if I told you, but I did not have any uh, goal or intention or attempt to apply for the show. Uh, this year or last year, we were hit by COVID and um, we were kind of doubling down, focusing on the restaurant. And uh, I was received an email from a casting producer and I thought it was some kind of like spam or, or a joke, but uh, said, oh, let's just see what happens. And before I knew it, I was in Portland, Oregon. And I guess it was real. So uh, very, very surprising to me. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. That's a uh, that's exciting. So they sought you out. That's interesting. So yeah, because uh, I didn't get any email. Yeah, Did you guys get an email from Top Chef? Sean, where's Sean on this one? <laughs> anybody, anybody? You guys get a no? No, nothing. Yeah, because yeah, I I thought the sauce I made in Florida was pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the application process, what's that like? Uh, it was um, it was just like anything else. It goes uh, step by step, and uh, they kind of narrow it down. And then uh, before you know it, you find out whether you are on or not. So in the period of time, uh, you would go through each step. And when you go through each step, the same thing as any other cast, and you don't really know what's going on uh, because it's probably a very complicated process. All I know is uh, we went through it, um, and they said yes. They said yes again, and then lo and behold, um, it was important. Like again, it was. I I was so convinced that uh, maybe it was one of you guys or someone was playing a prank on me. I was like, I was gonna get on this plane, they're gonna drop me back off at CMH and be like, haha, we got you. There's no way you're gonna, you're gonna do this. And uh, I I didn't believe it until I had start until we had started. I was like, this is this is so yeah, it's like before. Yeah. yeah. So what were the steps like, Avatar? Did you have to, were they like interview one on one, or did you have to like? do a quick fire challenge type of a thing or what, what, what did, it's what were those of everything. Like? So it's, um, I mean, it, it, it obviously, uh, a lot of stuff is affected by COVID. So, uh, it probably wasn't done the traditional way that everything was, but, uh, yeah, it's just, just a piece by piece. They went to know you and, um, figure out, um, if, you know, to qualify. Um, there's so many chefs that I can think of that are like more talented than me in Columbus and all across that. I have no idea how it's done. Honestly, I'm just very, I'm genuinely humbled and surprised that, uh, out of all the people that I know that I, that I made it on, but uh, I'm really excited with the opportunity, and it's uh, something that I, I I never would have thought would happen. My entire life is very, very We should mention that the the restaurant that you're working out of, because because when we first went down the Middle West, uh, we, I remember them saying that the the restaurant was kind of a almost a a secondary idea. They had the space and they decided to put it in there. So tell everybody in America. Uh, where you where you cook up your wonderful stuff? Yep, service bar. It's a half restaurant, half distillery. So the funny part is, um, if you know how distilleries work, we create ethanol, right? Very flammable stuff. Across one door, we have a lot of open fire, and that is where we produce <laughs> food. So uh, there's literally one barrier between us. Uh, it's a vapor barrier, so it's very very safe. Of course, we would never risk one or the other. But it's an interesting uh, dynamic because normally when you go to a restaurant or a bar, um, they don't make the booze. It's like we've taken this booze and we mixed it. Here we make everything. We make and we use a philosophy of the restaurant is if we can make the alcohol, then why can't we make the bread? Why can't we make the pasta? Everything is from yeah. scratch here, and it's always been. 
And do you think that that might have been one of the things that intrigued the show? I mean, the I, fact I, that the I don't know, man. I'm just, again, like, a, all we do is we keep our head down and we work. Uh, we have a very small space. The distillery, you've been to the distillery side. You've seen how big right. that is. You've mm -hmm. seen the restaurant. The restaurant is smaller, and the kitchen is one quarter of the size of the dining room. So mm -hmm. it's uh, very, very small. Our, we don't have a prep kitchen. We don't have a secondary anything. It's just that small space. And sometimes back in the day, we used to have six people in there. And it was always tight. Uh, we did dinner service only. Five days a week, but we'd have someone there almost 24 hours. We'd switch between AM and PM because, again, like to make everything from scratch, it's not like you can just walk in and two hours and everything's ready. Some things with making your breads, so you have to do the day before. Some of our preparations take 48 hours of so cooking time before you can put on the menu. So it's um, a lot of uh, a lot of very active learning. But uh, I always came from the philosophy that you know if you can try to do it, why not? Like what's what's the mm -hmm. harm in trying to make it from the beginning to the end? Learning about the process, we have some great ingredients around. We have some great grain. Uh, you know, like we can use all these things to make products. Why not? Well, kudos, man, because uh, the reviews for the for the restaurant are just as wonderful as reviews are for the products that come out of the distillery. Let me ask you this: um, cooking and being a chef was that was that the goal? Has that always been the goal in life? Is that what you set out to be and do? I, I it never was a. You'll hear the story of a lot of chefs and, you know, they stood on a soapbox or whatever, or a milk carton, which I, I don't believe a lot of people because, I mean, how many milk cartons were around in the 90s? I don't, I don't know. I don't think any were. But um, people would say they stand on a milk carton, they're stirring a pot of pasta or whatever, or stirring pasta sauce. That was never me. I kind of had no direction. I was going to be a doctor. My father, uh, you know, my parents came from Bangladesh. Um, um, my dad went to medical school, uh, started his practice, you know, started doing work for our health and did all that. Uh, 30 years, he's been in anesthesiology, he's still practicing the state. So it was kind of always in the books that... Uh, the better opportunities in medicine for sure. So for me to say, I don't want to do that. I'd like to do this. It's kind of a, it's a big shock, uh, more or less. Yeah. And still one of those things. That, it's just, like, uh, what? No, I know. no, no, no. <laughs> hey, well, you know what? In, 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 in ethnic families, when they have, when the parents have an idea as to what their children are going to be and should be, and that child takes a bold move to step away from that path, it can cause familial disruption. I mean, uh, I, so, so the best thing is I have an older brother, uh, and he's actually the trailblazer. He's the first one that said I'm not going to be a doctor. So, oh, nice. 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 so like, oh, that's why we had two kids, right? The backup's going to become the doctor. And I was like, no, I can't. You know, it's, uh, it was something that um, it wasn't like, hey, I'm going to become a chef. It was more like, hey, I'm in college. I I got to make my own food. I can't live off ramen every day. Yeah. Uh, I got a book called Chinese Cooking for Dummies. Well, and, and the first three times I cooked, I almost burned the apartment down. My best friend and also my roommate at the time was just like, he man. You should probably stop doing this. I mean, I don't think it's for you, um, but something about just putting this stuff together and trying something from scratch really stuck with me. So I noticed that as I was going through Ohio State, because I went to the Ohio State University, the Ohio State University, of course, um, yeah, cool. I was picking up, uh, going to the library, and I'd have more cookbooks than textbooks. I had them everywhere. I had them in the bathroom. I had them to shower. Like they were just everywhere. But then I get I started getting cookware, and my roommates were like, "What are you doing? Like you should be studying for school. This is you have a problem." Um, and that problem became my occupation, so it wasn't so bad. That way. <laughs> yeah, my problem was Playboy, so I don't know. You know where that leads me. Well, well, we know that. Those are the same. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. What 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 path did your your brother pursue? Uh, my brother pursued various things. He uh, he was actually a restaurant owner first, uh, so he oh, picked wow. up a restaurant when when I was in uh, when I started in college, and I worked in that restaurant. Uh, uh, and I was a server actually because I just wanted to make some extra extra cash. And then I saw the magic of the kitchen kind of through just hanging out. And I thought it'd be really cool to do that. But everyone in the kitchen's like, don't be stupid. You don't want to cook. Cooking is for dummies. You should be in the front. You should go to medical school. After you make all the money, then you come back to cook. Right, um, right. Maybe they were right. Were you, taking, were you taking like medical, like pre-med classes? 
Yeah, so my I got two degrees at Ohio State. I got one in biology and then one in psychology. Well, so that's I what I was going to ask. If, if you're like one of those cooks that you know uses all the funky biology and the uh, frozen nitrogen liquid, like, are you a crazy scientist? Uh, I would stuff? never. Yeah. I would never identify myself as uh, someone that likes to make science as food. I think food is a scientific process. So the things that I learned in biology for sure helped me. And the reason they help you in a commercial kitchen. So at home, you can do whatever. But if you come to the restaurant and someone else comes to the restaurant, you guys won't have the same experience, right? There's so many factors that are outside our control that I will, of course, use science, sous vide, the connection, any of those things to get the result consistent and as delicious as possible. I do not think it sounds cool. Like the term used to be molecular gastronomy, right? Yeah. Who's like, man, I'm so hungry for some molecular gastronomy tonight. I want to go eat that. It's going to be so <laughs> awesome. It sounds delicious. Like, that doesn't sound very tasty. Let's so, of course, it's not, it's not my philosophy, but, uh, but consistency and uh, taking away the human error and making it as awesome as possible for you guys to have great experience, that's my priority one, for sure. Wow. You say you also have a, a degree in psychology? Yeah, psychology was a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, psychology taught me how to so science taught me how to make food. Psychology taught me how to manipulate people into, into believing me all the time. So in time now, you can, now you can talk yourself off the ledge in respects to your issues with your family. That's right. You just, just go see yourself. Exactly. Um, that's actually why I didn't do professionally. because uh, I have some friends who's uh, whose parents were all psychologists and uh, I they suggested that I do not pursue psychology or I would never like it again. So I, I again, like it's, I find some very good uses for it that I can use a tricks on, on people to, to convince them of, I use it for good, not for evil. Is what I'm trying are, to there, say. are there any other children in the family that your father still has a shot at? at uh, I, yeah, I, I, we're hoping. So we have, we have some cousins, um, you know, the two big things are they want you, you know, was doctor and getting married and me and my brother are both neither of those currently. So, uh, so, you know, there, we have eyes on us and everything. We're, we're the big failures, but here we are. Right. So. <laughs> American TV show was never, you know, that's not going to redeem yourself. Okay, well, okay, so you you say we're the big failures. You say that jokingly. How how do your parents feel about you being on Top Chef? Uh, I, mean, I think I mean, when I started off, uh, the entire process of cooking, uh, it's not been like they never been like, hey, you you're now a piece of shit or something. I don't know if I can say that, but you know, that's that's actually the a genuine feeling that we can feel sometimes. We can feel really bad because you always hear about other people's kids like they got scholarships to harvard and stuff and i was never that sort of person i was never really that smart or that intelligent in regards to direct book smart so i always felt like i was never good enough for for anything um so to to go and say hey i'm gonna go and try to do this at the beginning they were just like uh this is probably going to be a phase like you know like when you thought you're going to be like a trash man because you know we thought it was really cool to ride in the back of Truck. I, mean, I still think it's really cool to go around the block. Around. You don't get to do that legally ever. So it's a, like that. They're like, that's oh, going to be a phase. You're going to get over. Um, and then I'd show up and, you know, I, I've got these cuts and burns. And they're like, what, what the hell are you doing with your life? Like, you're hurting yourself. You're going to, you know, you might get into alcohol and stuff. And I was like, maybe I did, but maybe it's in a good way, right? I worked at a distillery and we make the alcohol. So right. there's many things that there's one way to see it and there's one way to, to work with it. But what I understood after working restaurants, um, uh, the reason that I keep doing it is, uh, <laughs> No matter what I know about people, uh, most people love food, right? So I can say, hey, I I can appreciate uh, Korean culture uh, because I can speak some Korean. But if I can tell someone how to marinate something for a bulgogi properly and uh, how I had an experience with someone's grandma at someone's house, they're like, now you're my friend, right? Like, that's something you can't. I find it very hard to do that in other ways. I think that's like the, the genuine connection you find is through food. Because when you share a meal with someone, it's, uh, it's really meaningful. It can be. So um, no matter what happens, I thought... There was tables. My mom, whenever we would go to, my mom would always make dinner, and whenever she made dinner, it was a good sign. If she did not make dinner, something really bad happened. So it was one of those flags. You're like, someone is in the doghouse, or someone messed up real bad. Um, and that happened maybe once or twice in my life. And because it was almost like, no matter what happened, you you shared it over the table. So they were against it. I went through the process. Uh, 
even as this stuff was happening, they're like, nah, it's, he's not going to stick with it. He's not going to stick with it. He's going to quit. And I guess I think I'm too far gone now. I don't think I have any other options. Now I, now I have to take it seriously, right? <laughs> so, right, right. Were there any... Uh, were there any culinary geniuses in the family? I mean, growing up, was there was there somebody who was a really good cook in the family? Was it, you, you, uh, my mom is still uh, to this day. I will say she is. Uh, you know, everyone says their mom is the best, but no, I don't. To, other people's moms go to my mom. For, I don't. For, for I don't. My mom. My mom's a horrible cook. Horrible. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> She's I, uh, I, I realized recently, like maybe in the last like five or six years that my mom's actually very, very, because I grew up eating her food. So I'm used to it. Uh, however, like all I wanted when I grew up, because I, you know, my parents are not from this country. So I never got to have meatloaf, pot roast burgers and stuff. That's like, that was like a luxury thing for me. So I'd go to my friends and I'm like, oh, I can just have like, you know, this like pot roast out of a can with bread and it's great. It's amazing. Uh, and meanwhile, they'd always be like, your mom makes like eight course, 12 course things every day. I was like, yeah, but you know, it's not, it's not a hamburger. So, so we'd always do like switches and swaps. And it was always interesting to see that my friends would come over to my house and say, we don't want a pizza. We want your mom's cooking. Um, and that was, you know, it's not like she's making like things with a lot of spices. Uh, so people would like drink gallons of milk and eat food at the same time. It was crazy to see. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm curious, like, uh, I, I don't know how I can ask this question, but is there anything that you've stolen from your mom that at some point during the the broadcast, your mom's going to go, that's mine. That, 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 that's my secret. That's my recipe he's using. Right, so, so she was on team, oh, was on team secret for a long time, but we're open sourcers. Uh, we think everything can get better through sharing information. We'd rather share those experiences than those foods because like not many people know about Bengali food at all either. They just think of Indian food and think of this other country that, came out of there and you know like there was all these things that resulted in 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 Bangladesh uh, and then their immigration from Bangladesh to America so there's a lot of history and different foods and, and things in that regard um, and if you keep it secret and you don't share with people then how are people going to be interested in that culture and I think it's cool that uh, nowadays my mom's like yeah I'll give you the recipe and then when she does this though even when we, we videotape her because we're like we need to she doesn't write things down she's like this much that much you've seen it before just right, throws it on right. there when you turn your back or you pause the camera, she throws three more things in every single time. We have no idea what it is. Right. It's, it's always that way. Don't you have her on your your Instagram account a little bit? Don't you have your mom on your Instagram account? I do. Yeah, I'm trying to highlight her more than me. So it's like I, I think she does a very yeah. good job. Yep. Uh, and That's she's uh, she's I I figure that if I put enough attention on her, then she'll forgive me for choosing cooking as a career path. You know. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, cooking as a career path, this this particular season of Top Shelf had its. Uh, had its work cut out for it. I mean, this is this is a season that was shot during the pandemic. Yes, <laughs> and uh, it, it had to, and 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 I think that the uh, did they did they actually deal with that on yes. on this particular season? And and if uh, so, what were some of the the difficulties of completing this season in, in a pandemic? I mean, as you guys know, uh, based on how your situation is currently for, for your show, it's it was a similar. Uh, there's no they spared no expense for uh, any sort of thing on the side of uh, being on the dangerous. They were always very very cautious, extremely cautious about making sure that all protocols were were pursued to the point where we you know we were getting tested three times a week. Um, you know, at like six in the morning, we were doing we were just ensuring that we had our we had our own hotel this time instead of everyone staying in a house together. Uh, wow. It was definitely uh, everything was done in respect to. Uh, 
to the current situation, which I think is amazing because, uh, again, how do you film something? Like, we can't even, like, hang out normally and you're able to film something. And I felt safer when we were filming than sometimes I do even at the restaurant. It's crazy how many steps they went through to make sure that, because, uh, you know, if, if any one of us uh, got sick, it could ruin the entire season. It's not, it's not yeah. like uh, you just can back something up or bring someone in. It's uh, The bubble is serious. And uh, I'm so happy that everyone that was there, there was a lot of people there. They We all respected it and we were all on the same page and said, we're kind of all in this together. And that felt really good to see, like, you have all these people and they're taking care of you and you're taking care of them and you feel like, you feel like you're doing something cool. So I have a question. The first day of shooting, when you were, you walked on set and you saw the producers and the camera guys and the audio guys hanging out and you guys are about to, to I guess, roll on the first piece of tape or, I guess, on the first uh, digital card. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what, what was going through your mind? Because like, you know, obviously you work in a kitchen and television production is nothing in your wheelhouse. What, were you, what was going through your mind when you first, first showed up on set? Uh, no one specific thing was going on my mind. There's a lot, a lot of things that go in your mind when, uh, and also like, you know, Columbus is big, yes, but Columbus is Columbus. So being picked from a city um, that is growing and, and awesome. And I grew up around and, you know, like there's a lot of weight to what, I guess what I was doing, because now I'm the first contestant from, from Columbus, second one from Ohio. Uh, everyone's looking at you, like in your mind, you're like, am I, am I going to look stupid if I do this and that? But none of that actually matters. Once you get in, into the kitchen, you go, this is a kitchen, this is a competition, right? We had to go in competition mode. And at that point, you just focus on trying to get, get your task done. That's, that's, that's the most important part is um, no matter what's going on, uh, they've taken care of all the hard work. So you just focus on the kitchen. What do you think the impact's going to be on not only you and, and the restaurant, but the impact of, of you being on the show? Do you, do you think what type of impact is it going to have on Columbus? I mean, is, I, is, I, the only reason I did it, honestly, is I hope that it's positive for everyone. Because, like, you know, I'm I'm an introverted, quiet person. I don't. You probably, you know, you didn't talk to me before, and I've always been in the back. I like cooking in the back if I cook because I'm kind of a stage crew person. So to to do this, I did it because I I believe that there might be someone else in my position later on uh, decides maybe I want to cook or maybe I want to do that, um, and they go, well, you know. Columbus is an awesome city. I couldn't do that. I don't want anyone to think that. Um, I think the most important thing is if if I was able to get enough courage to do it, anyone else can. And I think uh, that, that's that's the the main main reason why I build up the motivation to, to show up every day and be like, I want I want to do this. I want to do this We're, for so many people. I want to do it for the city. I think Columbus is cool. I think you guys are cool. Like I think we don't get enough of like the genuine Columbus vibe. It's always like Columbus is going to become this. Well, guess what? We've been ourselves for a long yeah. time. And there's no one, no one that can compare to Columbus, I think. You, mean, awesome. you said something very interesting to me just now when we were talking uh, and when you answered that question. You said that you consider yourself to be a very introverted person and a very quiet person. And yet, over the course of this podcast from the beginning, you've been nothing but, gre but gregarious and open and funny and charming. Uh, why, why do you consider yourself? To, why do you consider yourself to be introverted? I don't he's, see he's drunk right now. He's low. Yeah, I, I don't see you introverted at all. <laughs> you see how much of this bottle I got here? <laughs> all right. <laughs> and and also, I would think that you know, uh, being introverted wouldn't uh, translate all that well on a, on a television program. I would think that they would want this this the guy I'm talking to right, right. now. Yeah, but, I don't. I don't know. I've always had kind of a you know self-esteem and confidence issue. So maybe it's just me thinking that I am. But I've always tried to keep quiet because uh, I was when I was growing up. I was taught like you know uh, the saying is what uh, it's better to better to keep your mouth shut and have everyone think you're you're wrong than to open it and actually have everyone know you are. So you know that's just uh, I've tried to keep my head down and, and work a lot for the last. I don't know. I've started cooking uh, when I went from this path to that. I never went out and said, "Hey, I'm, look at me. I'm amateur. I'm an awesome chef." I've never never thought that, that was the way that I should go about it. 
So I try and focus on focus on the work, and I, I hope that uh, you know I create experiences. Uh, and, and your opinion about uh, in this and this might not be a fair question because uh, I would imagine Jeff's like like they say that like stand up comedians, a lot of them who are 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 bold and out there on stage and gregarious and and and, and very out in the open. When they get off stage, they are extremely introverted, shy, quiet. Don't be don't want to be around a lot of people um, because they're in their own head comedically yeah. speaking and doing whatever they're doing are chefs as a rule in you in your opinion uh more introverts or extroverts uh i think times have changed a bit uh chefs could be anyone like i didn't think that i would ever become a chef and it wasn't because i was introverted that i became a chef uh however there are some chefs that uh, you know they want to make a name everyone wants to kind of make a name or do the stuff and they'll always you know be, be announcing and there's nothing wrong with that either um i think the cool thing about cooking and being a chef is uh if you're being a chef, your job is to lead and inspire and find solutions when there's problems. Uh, the personality is, is good too, because you can say I, I can contribute or I can hurt. I can be, you know, I can be a jerk or I can be someone supportive. You can choose how you want to be as a chef. And the cool thing is when you have a staff that backs you up, you know that maybe you're doing the right thing or you feel you feel more validated in, in the struggle. It's a struggle. It's not always like we don't show up and there's like this beautiful prime rib here. And I was like, I just want to cook this thing and I don't have to worry about anything else. I show up and it's probably a probably a hole in the ground, a toilet probably blew up, I have to get set of a grease trap. Like that's the stuff we deal with. Uh, having the personality and the uh, just being relentless in, in, the, in the struggle to do your best uh, and conquering your own demons is, is a huge part about being a chef, I think, because uh, yeah. you look at it and you go, there's a lot of restaurants in the world, right? What sets one person apart from everyone, uh, from the next person? And that's, that's I think that, that could be, you know, I don't have an answer for you to say, I haven't done an analysis to say 50% of chefs are introverted and extroverted. I would say every chef is their own person, but I'm, I'm grateful that I, I can be me and also cook, uh, that I don't have to give one up. Because, you know, if I, if I was a doctor, I would be something completely different. I mess up a lot. Um, and if you mess up on a human being, it, it can, it, the, the toll is a little bit higher than if I have to cook a steak, you know. I, I feel like I'm the one who has a psychology degree right now because <laughs> I, because my next question is, uh, how did not being able to do what you love to do for quite some time during this uh, the you know when we shut down and restaurants were shut down and 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 how 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 did you deal with not being able to do what you love to do? Um, so interestingly enough, uh, we took a different direction uh, than most of the restaurants. So. Oddly enough, um, my on my birthday last year, my 33rd birthday, uh, it was March 14th, 2020. So you know what happened on March 15th, 2020, Man. right? Yep. Yeah. So that was my birthday. Gift. Uh, also, Thanks, my dishwasher uh, was was gone uh, for the two weeks leading up to that. So I was doing the dishes, literally in the dish pit. And you know, you have this story, these glorious chefs. I'm you know, scrubbing dishes. Uh, my staff bought me Cracker Barrel because uh, I like country fried steak. That's one of my, my, my guilty pleasures. So they brought that for me. And I was like, this is, you know, this could be cool. And then the next day they said, guess what? You cannot open in for dining service. And we had worked so hard and, you know, it may seem like it's about me, but we all have worked so hard to gain the trust of our guests, you know, gain the trust of Columbus, work together and try and build this, this thing that we felt we were starting to feel good about. We had this forward momentum finally after like three years. Uh, and the next day they said, guess what? There's no dine-in. So our first thing is we have to lay off 90% of our staff, right? Mm -hmm. The second thing was, what do we do? Uh, we're chefs, right? So chefs find solutions when there's problems. There's no solution. We cannot allow dine-in, correct. But that does not mean we cannot feed people. So we turned, we did the full 180 because we are we are a dining only restaurant. We never did carry, never did never did delivery to doing exclusively carry out delivery because our goal was what can we do in this tough time to make people happy? Because uh, everything you're hearing is bad and people want to you know do these things. 
what if we could just give them a nice meal um, and they could just lose their their fear about what's going on in the world for two or three minutes? Um, and that was our philosophy. So after one day, because <laughs> we were not open on Mondays, uh, we wrote on the big piece of butcher paper our new menu. We said, if we were in this situation, what would we like to eat? And that was our menu for takeout. And we actually haven't shut down once since, uh, since the wow. pandemic. Um, and, you know, I had my own thoughts on it, but I had talked to my staff and the guys, uh, girls, and everyone else, they were just like, we want to do this. We want to do this for people. And that was one of those times I go, maybe what I'm doing is bigger than just me. It's it's like, this is, we can help the community. We can be part of Columbus and we feel like we're doing something useful. And that's the most humbling thing to me. It's like, yeah, you, the hours suck and you burn yourself, and, you know, things go wrong. But if you can give someone a positive moment, you guys know this feeling. Like, even you enjoyed right. it for five minutes, nothing else matters. You did something good. And that's what we want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, you know, we, we, we shook our heads and thought, you know, what are we going to do? Because we, we've said it, if we've said it on podcast, we love being face to face with yeah. our guests. That's how we've shot this podcast for, for the last three years with you actually sitting across from me, you know, as opposed to remotely like this. And, uh, but we adapted to the remote aspect of it because we wanted to keep things going. And it's interesting that you, that you, that, you know, when you, when you talk about the success of how, of how it all came together, that it was a team, it was your staff. I mean, I, I think that's a huge part of why some people have survived in this uh, pandemic situation. And it's probably uh, also makes sense for, for top chef as well. I mean, they had to come together and say, we're going to put out another season of this show. Let's find out a way to do it. Collectively, when people get together, is my point, and work towards a common goal, I think you can accomplish what you, whatever you want to accomplish. Yeah. If, if and that was a, I mean, it was so cool to see that from the production side, too, of this entire thing. is because I'm sure that they had the same things to deal with. They're like, right. we have to make it seem like it's not a, not a thing for, for the chefs. But, you know, they they busted their ass every single day for us and they didn't even know us and they didn't know what would become or what would happen, but they, it felt really cool to be part of that. Like we're part of like, yeah, it'd be cool to be part of any season of Top Chef, but I don't think I'd have it any other way because of the, lessons, mm -hmm. the friends I made and the lessons I learned along the way. It was so cool Love to see it. that it, it doesn't matter who you think you are or where you're at, people can work together and, and get something really awesome done. They can, but they don't always do. They, they don't <laughs> right, always, but right. uh, you know, yeah. it's, not, it's not our job to focus on the stuff that uh, you know, we can't control, but if we can contribute, then I think that means a lot more, right? Well, I even think that's Very even. Well I yeah, I agree. And like, it just is even more. Um, I don't know what the word is, but um, pressure. I guess uh, you know you're you're here helping your team try to uh, adapt, and then you get this huge opportunity. So, a, how do you you know what's that like stepping away from your team like this? But also, then I don't. I and tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you're allowed to let people know what you're doing, right? So you Correct. bail for a couple of weeks or a month or however long it takes yeah. and nobody knows where you are. So what, how, tell me about that process and how did, like, wh what, what did you, like, what are the little white lies? What how did you lie to them? I'll keep it as, uh, I'll keep it as uh, succinct as possible because I could go on for days about this because, you know, I, can I lie? Yes. Do I like to? No. Uh, the biggest <laughs> right. question was, uh, number one was when, when they said you were going to be on Top Chef. I, I, in my mind, I was like, oh my, this is crazy. But I went to my staff and I said, hey guys, uh, what do you think about this? I'm not sure I can leave the restaurant because there's just three of us and, you know, three, four of us at the time. Yeah. And they said, we got this. If you don't do this, you're stupid. That's, that's what they told yeah. me. And that, like, awesome. I almost cried. I don't cry, but I was just like, you're telling me to, like, I've never left the restaurant since day one. I've, I've 
had one vacation maybe since the restaurant's been been open and that's what's good to talk about what's pretty funny was that that was another story for another time they sent me to talk about headquarters uh based on the issues that was a great time but um, that was the only time that i've, that I've ever really left um so now I'm being removed from the place uh, of which I've never stopped working for an extended period of time. Uh, and, you know, like contact's cut, right? It's uh, it's very controlled what's going to happen after that. Um, and it was easy. It was uh, the people that were at work. I said, hey, uh, if anyone asks, uh, you know, we're, we're doing this. Uh, I have a family emergency. And if anyone from my family asks, here's a work emergency. Um, and and I think that's uh, that's all it really took. I didn't really have to go much beyond that. I was—I guess I was kind of offended that not many people were asking about me when I was gone. <laughs> and they didn't miss me. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I should feel good, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, somebody had to know, right? I mean, the owner had to know, right? That yeah, so only, gone, only the so. people that are like, you know, like you keep it as the, yeah. the, the yeah. people that you right. need. You know this from your, your side too. I'm sure there's mm -hmm. there's times that, and yeah. so we just keep it as, as again, like as concise as possible. Don't need to yeah. go off yeah. and on. Yeah. Just, this was, I'm, I'm going to be gone for a period of time and I'll be back on the back. And you sign okay. an NDA as well, People, right? please sign this NDA. <laughs> exactly. Close your agreement, please. Thank you very much. So you can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I cannot disclose that information to you. Whatever. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sign, sign an NDA regarding the NDA. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, does by simply being on the show, does that give you the title of celebrity chef? I do not think uh, I am a celebrity chef. I barely think that I'm a chef. You're on TV. I'm someone that goes to work every day. Uh, if someone else wants to say that, that's up to you guys. Whiskey business. Uh, when I when I think of like celebrity, <laughs> I think of a, a lot of things. I I don't know what I don't know what it means to be a celebrity. I guess like I'm not like I've hit this I've hit this goal. Actually, if if you're a real celebrity, do you think they're like man we're celebrities, or they go I got to do this next, or I got to do like I'm looking for the next goal? I'm not sure. I, I question these things all the time. Uh, but it's never in my intention to be a celebrity chef. My intention is to produce the best food possible for as many people. And if I can contribute back to the community that raised me, like the Columbus, like I grew up in Columbus, people said, you could never make Columbus into a valuable food scene. You gotta go to New York, you gotta go to Chicago. I said, no bullshit, there's a lot of good stuff here. There's a lot of good people here. I've, I've been, I've never given up on Columbus. Uh, and I will not, I'll never give up on Columbus because I, I find it to be home. And I think a lot of people come here and they think the same thing. That's what's unique about Columbus. Um, am I a celebrity in Columbus? I don't know, man. I just I, I don't do anything crazy. I just I go to work. I go back. I have I you know I use the bathroom sometimes. I brush my teeth. Like we're all the same. I, think, right? yeah, I don't really know how else to put it. Uh, nothing about my day has changed. Uh, I still do go to work. I still have responsibilities, and that's what I wish to do. I mean, I, if there's something like someone says, "Hey, now you're a celebrity. Is your life going to change like that?" That's that's up to them. You know, like it's my my goal is not not that necessarily. So. Let me ask you another question. This is a kind of a caddy question, if you will. Uh, all right, all right, caddy question. Um, now that the word is out that you are on this show in its 18th season, you mentioned, uh, I think, earlier in the podcast, first one from Columbus, second one from Ohio. Uh, are you picking up on any chef envy? <laughs> any, anybody, anybody that's like going, he, who, Avishar? Avishar is on Top Chef, and I'm I am. Um, I I what will tell hell? you. I, I don't actually. I don't actually know uh, because I'm kind of like I said. I'm in my own bubble. Again, my goal is never to be like, "Hey, look at me. I'm so bad. I'm so awesome." It's um, hey, if this is helpful to the Columbus food scene, then I'm happy I did it. If it's not, and everyone thinks it's a bad idea, then I'll know very quickly. I I you know I was I'm always doubting myself. Never like, man, this is the right thing to do. I don't have 100 percent confidence in anything I do. Um, and if people feel that way, I'm 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 glad that people are talking about 
this is something that I did or what that's that happened because that's bringing some attention here, right? So maybe it's good yeah, for right. everyone overall. Yeah. I don't, I try not to hold on to hard feelings because I know that you can really get caught up in them. And then how are you progressing if you just focus on what's wrong? Uh, our goal has always been to try and change things, right? Because if you don't, then it doesn't get any better. Mm-hmm. That's I always. That's how it is, at Columbus, with the distillers, uh, with the bartenders, the you restaurant tours, your chefs. I feel like everybody's just got each other's back. Um, that's that's the most important thing back. is that you I need mean, to because like this yeah. is, these are some tough times. Like it, yeah. it was nice. Like when people came in, we were just like, and when the, when the pandemic hit, if someone was from the industry, we're like, here's a free this or that. We just throw something else and just to try and brighten up their day. And uh, I think that's a great thing to do. That's what that's what. Remember, we're in the hospitality industry. We're not in the chef industry. We're in the hospitality industry. Our job is to make people's days better. It doesn't matter if I made this awesome dish over 18 years and it's like my masterpiece. I'm not an artist. My goal is to make food for people and make them happy. Some people might be artists. I'm not. So I, I can be. I can assure you of that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's you know what I I I don't know how things are going to change for you in 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 the uh, top, top Chef Portland debuts April the first. And it's all out there for us to see and, and be revealed as to what happens. But um, uh, just an initial short interview with us, your sincerity and your humbleness is 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 something that that shines through. And uh, I, I think that I always think that when I see certain qualities in somebody like that, that those qualities show up in whatever type of work that they do. So I imagine that when you when you cook, when you prepare, when you create. There's probably a lot of sincerity and humbleness in what you do. And when someone appreciates what you cook, that's probably the greatest gift of all. To have the fact that somebody has loved what you've created and has been sated and satisfied, like, oh, my God, it's one of the most amazing things I've ever eaten. I mean, that's got to be the, the hugest compliment of all. Being on a top-rated uh, reality show like, like Top Chef is a huge honor, uh, without a doubt. But at the end of the day, you strike me as somebody who who probably gets more reward out of the fact that somebody appreciated what you cooked up in the kitchen on any given day. Was that a question or was that a statement? I can see. Uh, <laughs> you just had the question mark. I didn't know if there's someone at me there. I, was <laughs> uh, I mean, when you cook, every day is definitely a challenge, and there's some rewarding moments, and there's some that are not. But uh, ultimately, like. My goal is not for me to be this person. My goal is for people to want to come to Columbus and go to seven of these restaurants, eight of these restaurants, say, we are a community that's doing something pretty awesome. If someone comes to town, they're not just going to eat my restaurant five days in a row. That'd be cool, but I'd rather say, hey, here's my friend's restaurant, right? I would like to be part of the contribution that says, hey, we're a cool city. We have some stuff going on, and it's unique, and we don't need to we don't need to try and act like we're another city. We can just be ourselves. Because uh, what I have learned from this entire experience is that maybe it's okay to be yourself. You know, My entire life I've struggled with, should I do this or that? And just now is the first time that I, I said, well, I think they picked it for me, right? And I don't know any other reason why they would have. So maybe I'm not that bad. I don't know. Like, it's, it's hard for me to figure it out. But I, I encourage everyone to, to be the same because look inside and say, hey, this is actually what I want to do. And if it's what you want to do, then do it. There's nothing stopping you at that point, right? Were you, were you personally validated as, as, as being a chef before Top Chef rolled around and asked you to be on the show? Or did being on Top Chef actually uh, – become a, a, an even bigger stamp of, of validation. I mean, I think um, I I don't know about what, I don't know if I feel completely validated about anything, but I feel incredibly honored. I feel very humbled and I feel uh, 
I feel happy to to be representative of a community that I love so much. I guess that's the best way that I can say it. Because you know, you know, like Ohio State football, good when they lose a game, they suck, right? So you don't mm -hmm. know, like you never know. That there's a lot of pressure in, in every direction, and that, that as soon as you hear about this, you just that's the first thing you think about is, am I letting people down by doing this? Am I letting people down by me being this way? These are stuff that come in your mind and uh, in everyone's mind. And the cool thing is, you know, there's every single one this season is uh, they're good people. Like they're all people that like we showed up and we. We showed up competitors. We left a family, and that's—I don't know how to put that into words because uh, I never thought that would be the deal. And the judges, uh, the judges, the people who are judging you on Top Chef are, are no slackers either. I mean, that—that—that's a whole different line, exactly. yeah. pressure and and acceptance. Uh, I was always a fan of the show. When I started cooking, we would watch the show, and we were like, "Damn, this is real cooking!" And then they go, yeah, "We're gonna be on." I was like, "Uh oh!" <laughs> like, I think they picked the wrong person. You know, it's, it's uh, one of those things. Did you watch like all the seasons and like take notes and like treat it? You know how they do that in like Survivor and, and different games, like uh, break down like strategies and things like that. Did you? So personally, um, when I I used to watch it, and then when I started cooking, I did not have. The period of the last three or four years, I did not have enough time, so I had a lot of catching up to do. So I thought I'd go from forward back, and I watched like the last season, which, interesting enough, some of them were our judges this season, right? So nice. I watched that season, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" They're like everyone's at the top of their game right now, and it gave me so much anxiety. I was like, "Let me just turn this off. Let me go in blind, and yeah. just do the best that I can." Because anything I think of, like you'll get in your head so fast. It's so like you know, you can imagine what it feels like. It's just it's so much more yeah, at, yeah. at stake than like, "Hey, I'm going to just cook this dish." It's a uh, I want do to what I do. Proud. I want to do this thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's great that Columbus has got one of our own in in, in the mix this season. Uh, it, you know, you, you feel. I mean, it's a great show. I mean, you know, it, and, and what do you think the fascination is? I mean, because cooking shows and and reality shows uh, of this nature, especially the cooking ones, have just exploded uh, like crazy. What do you think the fascination is with people who do cook? Or, or or don't cook or can't cook are drawn to these type of shows? Uh, I mean, I can look at it two ways. I can look at it as a selfish way of saying that I'm a chef and I think it's kind of cool because if I wouldn't have been working these long hours and getting, you know, like the pay was never good at the beginning. It was a lot of sacrifice to get anywhere and you had to be kind of a, a different mindset or a different person to do it. That's one way to look at it. And you go, man, that's interesting. But, you know, what's actually interesting is we are producing things that people put in their mouths, right? How many right. shows do you see where people are eating the result, right? Eating right. is another sense. You can you can engage sight. You can engage touch and taste sometimes. But like it's like when you actually eat something, you're getting everything at once. And to produce something like that, and they get feedback on that right on the spot from people that are experts. And then see the process of making something. And, you know, these are crazy time conditions, right? Like they, they crunch it down. And they go, we're going to give you the impossible. We want to see you make it happen. Like... It's a lot. It's a, it's a lot going on, and it's very exciting. Like, what's not exciting about? There's no like idle time. Everyone's moving around the entire time. There's fire. Like, you know, the things that my parents said: don't play with knives, don't play with fire. What am I doing now? I'm doing both every day. So, you know, <laughs> like, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing all that, and then you get some personalities. Like, you get some really strong personalities. So there's nothing like that's 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 so exciting. Like, it's so awesome to be a part of like that. You know, to know that you're not a boring person. Like, that's it's nice to hear that. <laughs> What was harder, working and, and performing on the show or working day-to-day -day in the kitchen there at Service Bar? I think they're both different, uh, completely different, and they're both life-changing experiences. So uh, I look at every moment as something that I can learn from, and I learn a lot from both. I I, I haven't done a, an analysis because I've been too busy working, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but, but I would say, yeah, they each have a very distinct impact. Um, and, you know, like, the nice thing is you never know at all, right? You can always learn more. 
And uh, my attitude's always been, let's see what I can learn. Let's see what I can learn. And I learned a lot, um, you know. Both, I've always ways. heard that. I've heard that, like on uh, what's the fashion show, uh, Project Runway. Like, yeah, like, it, 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 like it takes uh, it takes different skill set. Like, you could be the best restaurant cook, but just stink it up out there, like on the on the TV shows, and vice sure. versa. Let me just give you an example. Is so so when you're in a restaurant as a chef, right? You have your staff, and you can be an active chef like me, or you can be a chef that you know. Uh, wants to do a lot of stuff, uh, so they'll they'll have people that are put in places to do, do the do the things. Regardless, one chef is not making the entire restaurant. Usually, they have a crew behind them. Right? That crew, they listen to you. They do whatever you want to. Sometimes, I mean, mostly they don't do what you want them to. That's but that's not uh, they they are they they all produce a result um, and the food, and they're there to learn. Right? Uh, right. When you go into cooking competition, you're in the same room with 14 other chefs, not 14 other people that know you. These are people from across the country. These are people that are some of them all of them are, are awesome in their own way and the best at, at what they do, right? So when you walk in, you go like, hey, maybe I can make a really good like taco. Maybe this person can make it better. Like, you don't know. Because this person make a better one than me and it's scary. And stuff's like, it's terrifying like, to, to imagine like uh, all, all of these things happening at once. And not only that, but people, the entire world is going to see you. Like, you know, right. I, like I said, I'm an introvert. I'm quiet. Now everyone's going to, everyone's going to know I'm sure. I was like, ah, I need it. It's very, very nerve wracking, scary. Uh, but you don't think about that. You think about the competition. You go, I'm here for a specific purpose. They wanted me on here to sh showcase my ability as a chef. So I'm going to try my best to, to do that. Uh, it's a lot to think about, but it's a, it's a different focus, I guess. Yeah. Doesn't it strike you as, as, as odd when you start to think about it, that when, when this show starts to air on April the 1st and, and continues with its, its uh, weekly episodes, that there are going to be complete strangers, people you've never met, people you don't know, people you've never come across that are going to be either rooting for you or 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 not. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd be awesome if Avishar was the bad guy on the show. Yeah. yeah. Just like a dick and like stealing people's pepper and stuff. He's the heel. You, you know, I did get that degree in psychology. So. <laughs> <laughs> and and and, and 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 I'm curious, like on, on on cooking shows when everybody's competing against each other, like on Survivor, you know, there there's these alliances that are that 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 take uh, form, either consciously or unconsciously. So did you find yourself gravitating more towards, you know, when the when the when the when the when the cameras were off, did you find yourself gravitating more towards other chefs than some other chefs? Did you did you feel camaraderie uh, an alliance like you get me and i get you and 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 uh, that other person over there is just an ass <laughs> nashville over there i think i can say this with uh with confidence this is the first time in, in history that i i don't know if it's the first time ever it's probably probably every single time but for us uh all of us when we came in as chefs uh this season we all came from very tough positions because COVID had happened. Some of us had lost our restaurants. Some of us had lost this or that. And some of us tried to figure out how to deal with things. Everyone's got their own uh, baggage that they're bringing in. And, you know, usually when you show up at a restaurant and you're working, you bring that with the work and stuff. But now you're bringing it to a different environment. And we thought, we never thought that we'd be so comfortable around each other. And that, that was one of the things, like, we met, you know, we hadn't seen another human being. A lot of times, another human being other than our staff for this entire period of time before we filmed, right? We were just complete in complete isolation. And then right. you put me in a room with 14 strangers who also cook and they want to kick my ass in the competition. Uh, how do you leave with respect for each other? I don't know, but I, I feel like I feel like I have a family. Like I, I legit feel like 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 I can call any of any of the chef testants and we can like, have a good time. And that's that's uh, I think that speaks a lot about how far the industry has come, uh, honestly, because 10 years ago, you think that that would happen even in Columbus. I think Chefs would be like, yeah, let's just get together and have a good time. It would be a bar fight. They don't knock each other out of the bar. So it'd be <laughs> cool. the tastiest bar fight ever. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Like Anchorman Two, where the, all the weather guys get together. <laughs> 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 Who's it'd got be, the biggest knife? It'd be the most yeah. amazing yeah. bar fight. <laughs> not, but hey, a bar fight, not a food fight. Let's not waste all that good food. No, we don't waste food. Yeah, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> all right, Avishar, we're gonna get to what we call the whiskey business lightning round. We will each go round robin, one question at a time. And then uh, there'll be a total of three questions from each of us. We'll start with Hansberry in my right-hand corner. Question number one for Abishar. Right. When you go to a restaurant and then you go to the bathroom and your food comes out, is that a thing? Do you guys do that on purpose? Uh, it depends. <laughs> uh, no, we don't do it on purpose, but it depends. Okay. Grilled cheese sandwiches, provolone or Kraft single? American. Ah, yes. Peanut butter, smooth or crunchy? Crunchy. Interesting. Hansberry. Does- do uh, chef hats make me look fat? I've never worn one. <laughs> oh. uh, no, get, getting fat makes you look fat. I'm sorry. <laughs> Spam, a blight on the culinary world or delicious? Uh, delicious. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> ham or cheese? You can't have both on a sandwich. Which do you choose? Uh, ham because I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> I still eat ice cream and cheese, but I'm like a star. Uh, which do you prefer? The stir-fried noodle dish, Pad Thai, or the top chef, host, and judge, Pad Ma? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to comment on that. <laughs> okay. No. Oh, my God. Chef hats, tall and stiff or flaccid? Flaccid. <laughs> All right. Good answer. <laughs> and finally, in the, in, 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 in the chef line of questions, Chef Boyardee, real or bullshit? Real. I'm from Ohio, I think. You're correct. Do you really think a, a, a guy by the name of Chef Boyardee would hang his hat on something called spaghetti? Ah, why not? <laughs> Have you ever made spaghetti in Uno? No. Exactly. All right. Very true. All right. Uh, Look, man, thank you so much for spending time with us. I know know your schedule's crazy and packed, and I know you're right there at work as we speak. So we appreciate the time you took. Are you clocked in at least right now, Abishar? Are you clocked in? Yeah, uh, I'm always clocked in. Yeah, boy. Yeah, so it's never clocked out. (laughs) Top Chef Portland starts its 18th season, April 1. Follow along and see where our friend Avishar ends up in this whole thing before it's all said and done. We don't know. He can't say. We, you know, but uh, it's you know part of the fun is following the journey along the way. So we appreciate uh, the fact that you were able to join us. I want to thank the folks at Top Chef for allowing us to actually speak to you and dig in a little bit. Uh, we appreciate their generosity uh, in respects to letting us. Uh, uh, chat with you and, and, and dig a little bit more and continued success to them with the, this season and, and seasons still to come. Um, there's a reason that it's in its 18th season. You know, it's, awesome. it's, that's, that's, that's no happy accident. So mm-hmm. obviously they're very good at doing what they do and continuing to find great talent, much like our own Avishar Barua from Service Bar right here in Columbus, Ohio. So thank you, sir, so much for being with us. I appreciate it. Stay right there. Hansbury has to do a little bit of business before we close things up this evening. 
That's it. Uh, servicebarcolumbus.com, by the way, if you uh, want to check them out. And uh, Avishar, real quick, hit us up. What's your uh, like Insta- Instagram and, and social uh, channels? Uh, very, very difficult. My Instagram is actually Avishar. Uh, <laughs> so I was the first Avishar on Instagram, so I'm Avishar. Well done. A-V-I-S-H-A-R. You got it. Rock and roll. Uh, well, we are on Whis- uh, Instagram, Whiskey Business Podcast. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. You can find all of our unedited uh, videos there. Go ahead and uh, subscribe and click the bell, and uh, you'll, you'll get notifications. Uh, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting app, thank you very much. Uh, rate and subs- uh, subscribe while you're at it. And uh, word of mouth is is uh, has been a huge uh, thing for us lately. So uh, just spread the word. If you have have some uh, buddies that live in Columbus, uh, some top chef folks, um, uh, that, you know, people that like that show. If you like uh, podcasts and whiskey and knuckleheads like us, share it. Uh, we appreciate all of your uh, your help along the way. Yep, want to thank Sean who was listening in from. Uh, uh, he's asked. He said he a great conversation, and we appreciate your support. And hope you enjoy the season premiere tomorrow night, which we will on April first. Top Chef, you know where to find it. Uh, on wherever you uh, have your favorite, uh, whatever your favorite cable subscriber might be, you can find Top Bravo. Chef. You Bravo. Bravo. You can Bravo. find it on, I know I'm Bravo, but I'm saying I don't know what channel Bravo might be on on any given uh, cable subscriber and probably on demand too once it airs. So you can check that out. I want to also thank our guest bottle this evening, Middle West Spirits Straight Weeded Bourbon Whiskey, the Michelin Reserve. Delicious. That uh, was really good. Yeah, you cannot go wrong with this particular bottle. You can't go wrong with anything that Middle West makes, but this one, uh, this one, uh, they, they just, they just, whatever, whatever type of uh, magic they conjured up in, in blending uh, the corn, the wheat, and the dark pumpernickel rye has worked out amazingly well. This is something very, very, very fun and reasonable too. So, thirty-seven bucks a bottle. At your I have a discerning palate. I think it's pretty good too. So. <laughs> Yeah, 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 right, right. So, uh, well, and, and real quick, just let me mention, plug. Uh, you can get uh, tours. I know we we've had uh, the guys on from uh, the Middle West Distillery, but it, you know, you guys are still open for tours. Uh, uh, is not, that right? I'm sure. not at the moment. Uh, we're going through okay. some some changes to expand to make our tour program better. We want to make it a uh, more in depth and more detailed. So, for instance, when you come and you have some bourbon, you can talk about the bourbon and how how we made it uh, and actually go, go in, into it for whiskey lovers. So so we're adding on to our program, certainly. Uh, and that's going to take some time. But when we go out, we'll post it right on our website. It'll be Rock awesome. And roll. Nice. All right. I want to thank uh, Greg Hansberry, as always, on the audio side. John yeah. Whitney on the video side. Avishar Barura on the guest side. The guest a bottle as well. Uh, upcoming uh, editions of Whiskey Business will also include yet another Oscar presentation that's going to be an interesting conversation you know a year of pandemic films and i'm not films about the pandemic but a year of watching oscar nominated films during the pandemic um hope madden and george wolf will be joining us once again uh for a very special edition of the oscars and so my friends until the next bottle see ya Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. 
If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place, the sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.